We've been talking about healing. Uh, last week, Tony did a wonderful job talking about God healing the whole person. Uh, and there was uh, just a tremendous move of God in some people's lives. Uh, we're kind of building the whole picture. And uh, we're still on that, God healing the whole person. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your truth. Thank you for your spirit that leads us into truth. And we open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit, not just to learn something, but to be transformed. Thank you that there'll be freedom released this morning. Thank you for what Lance has prepared. Thank you for the anointing on his life. But more than anything, thank you for his submission to you and his obedience to your spirit. We look to you to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is, is this the abridged version, Russ, or this the full version? I ran, I ran out of time this morning. Russ asked me to, uh, well, it would have been a couple of months ago, I reckon now, to speak on deliverance. And um, I decided I needed to do it in two, two Sundays because it was too big a subject. I think I needed about five after this morning. Um, so, so this week... Uh, this morning, um, I'm going to talk about self. Things that you say and you've done. And then next week, I'm going to talk about things other people have said and done that affect you. So we're going to do two totally different um, things. Still the same Jesus. And, um, and when Mary prayed this morning, she didn't know that the first line in my uh, notes here is, I'm going to jump in the deep end and swim for shore and hopefully land at some place that each of you can relate to, because you mentioned about being in deep water. In the river. In the, that's right. That's right. So um, I'm going to jump straight in the deep end, and then we'll, we'll back out of there. Cognitive dissonance. The state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioural decisions and attitude change. God's been talking to me about this quite a bit this year. Deliverance is about getting free from the effect of demonic influence. Cognitive dissonance is one of the areas of your thought life that comes under that influence. Some of your attitudes, behaviours, opinions may be from demonic sources and be strong mindsets that have developed over the years and do not like to be challenged. Your mind is the battleground. I'm going to explain that a little bit more later on. Deliverance is not the main game to set people free from demonic oppression or possession. Renewing our mind to align with the truth is the main game. Deliverance is the last thing you need, literally. It's the end game. Truth before deliverance. Truth before deliverance. If you haven't got the, the, the truth in you, um, you've got nothing to fall back on when something's going on. You've got, you've got no reference point, no nothing. So let's look at um, some truths. And we're going to look at what is a, a demon or a devil or an evil spirit. Where do they come from? And what is their purpose? Revelation 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. 
He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. So the devil and his angels were cast down to earth. That's where the demonic realm comes from. They were in heaven. I mean, Satan got so puffed up with pride, he wanted to be worshipped like God. In fact, I think he wanted to be worshipped in place of God. Thought he was God. And all the angels that were deceived by him were worshipping him. So one third of the angels in heaven were cast down to earth. That's where the demonic realm comes from. They've only got one agenda, and that is to get you to the same place that they're going, and that's hell. To get you into permanent suffering in hell with them. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So that angry person, that angry relative of yours, or that angry person at work, or somebody that you know, your battle's not with them. When you realise that, that they may, they may well be under some demonic influence themselves that they're not aware of, you actually have compassion for them because they've been taken captive. And we know that Jesus came to set the captives free. It says that in the Bible. Jesus came to set the captives free. So instead of criticising them and judging them and talking about them, we need to have a heart of compassion and start praying. Go into our prayer closet and just lift them up before the Lord to, for them to get a revelation. And I found page six after page one. That's pretty handy. <laughs> we know we're almost finished. <laughs> That's how you make it all in time. Thanks, Russ. Thank goodness someone's in charge here. Mark 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them who believe. In my name, in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So the piece I want to focus on is in verse 17. In my name, they will cast out demons. So Jesus has given authority to his disciples, to his church, to cast out demons in his name. But it's not about... Uh, I'll pick on Tony. It's not about going up to Tony... And saying to Tony, oh, I can see it, you've got a spirit of blah, 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 out in Jesus' name. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> because that's judgment. I'm operating in judgment if I do that. I don't, I don't have the gift to go and fix everybody. But if I discern something, the spirit shows me something about Tony that he's not aware of, I take it to my prayer closet. And after a few months... I come out and say, Lord, give me an opportunity to minister, Tony, if you want me to. He may use Johan. Go figure. 
So, so what I'm saying is, don't run amok with the authority you've got in Jesus' name. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Luke 10. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. And we would expect Jesus to say, well done, boys. Great job. Keep it up. But he didn't. He actually corrected them. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He pulled them up for their pride because they were exalting themselves as some great thing. Been there, done that. When we first started moving, casting demons out of people, we thought, we've got it made. We've got a, we've got a, deliverance, we've got a deliverance ministry. <laughs> we didn't make business cards, but by oh, gee, it would have been an option. <laughs> Until you actually get a revelation that everyone in the church is an able minister of God yeah. and it deflates you and you realise it's not about you. Never was, never will be. It's about him and his authority. Yeah. See, the message has changed from this morning already. <laughs> John 8. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm here to tell you the truth will not make you free. Exactly. The truth will only make you free if you apply it. Head knowledge will do nothing. So Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, so they believed on him, so they were believers like we are. If you continue in my word, I've got that underlined here, that's the key. If you continue in God's word, what continue means is constantly looking at it, constantly reading it, constantly sitting in places like this and hearing someone else deliver a message. I learned something from Tony last week, and I was the Holy Spirit, about the woman with the issue of blood. I've read that story over and over and over and over, and yet fresh revelation came out through the preaching uh, that God gave to Tony. All credit goes to the one up there. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> so deliverance without truth is only a temporary solution. And what I mean by that, if you rock up to somebody, it's obviously they're manifesting a demon, so you haven't got to be a, a guru to work out what's going on, and you cast that spirit out and walk away, bless your brother, you haven't helped them at all. Because that spirit's just going to do a lap of the block and come back as soon as you've gone out of sight or next week or next month. Old established behaviours and thought patterns will soon drag a person back into demonic control, maybe even worse. Yielding your life, your opinion, your needs to God's kingdom and God's methods will set you free. Life as a disciple of Jesus is about choosing which kingdom to be influenced by and which kingdom to operate in. There's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light and they exist simultaneously. And your decisions every single day decide which kingdom you're operating in. The question I've got for you is what are you for those around you? Are you darkness or light? Every day. We all have days when we've got our foot across the wrong side of the path, I'm sure. Walk away from darkness by choosing to walk in light. And the only way you can walk in light is to, be, is to read the word, sit under teaching of the word 
and apply it to your life. And this will be a big part of your deliverance. Not a one-sentence prayer saying out in Jesus' name. Matthew 12. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. This is what happens when you cast out a spirit and you don't have any truth. You've got to fill the house, this container here, with God's word. It's no good saying to somebody you need deliverance. You need to be explaining to them what God's word says about whatever the issue happens to be and sow the word of God into their life. It's the word of God that's going to set them free, not you. It's the word of God that's going to bring them deliverance. I've even seen people get deliverance just by hearing the word of God without even having to cast a demon out. It just screams and goes. And at the end of that, you cast the spirit out. We have authority in Jesus' name, but we've just got to use it wisely. Deliverance on its own is never the answer. Your word is a lamp to my feet in Psalm 119 and a light to my path. I want to paint a picture. Imagine a pathway, your pathway that you're walking on, your life journey. People's decisions, your own decisions and God's direction and correction determine the twists and turns of your journey. Imagine a line down the centre of that pathway. One side's dark, the other side's light. So as you're walking... Your choices every minute of every day determine which side of the line you walk on. Are you walking in the light side or are you walking in the dark side or have you got a foot in both camps and you've, you've got a, like a, a mixture of both? We have these choices to make. And I've got a whole list of things here which I just didn't have time... For. Oh, it's not even up past nine yet. <laughs> I, I didn't have a, um, a chance to go through this morning. But things like... Self-serving instead of serving others. Self-serving is in the wrong kingdom. It's what about me? Serving others is in the right kingdom. How, how can I help you, brother or sister? Lust instead of love. Rebellion instead of obedience. Legalism instead of grace. Criticism instead of tolerance. Negativity instead of positivity. Doom and gloom instead of hope. And the list goes on. I won't go through it. It's a change of mindset. If you have some sinful habits that you cannot break... Even though you hate it and have tried your best, you may need deliverance from the spirit that has you under control like a puppet. Somewhere, somehow, that spirit has permission given by someone, maybe you, to occupy that space in your life. And I've got a testimony uh, that I shared this morning. Uh, many, many years ago, there was a brother um, who needed accommodation. And so Christian and I said, yeah, come and stay with us. And the minute he walked in the door, I, I, I thought, hmm, okay. There's an issue there. And so I said, Lord, make a way for me to minister to him. Three months later, nothing happened for three months. He just had a great time, just lived with us. Three months later, we're sitting down having a coffee, just him and I, and he says, you know I'm gay. I said, yeah, I knew that the day you walked in my door. He said, but you and Christine love me. I said, well, why wouldn't we? He said, I was born this way. I said, no, you weren't. He said, yes, I was born this way. I said, no, you weren't. I'll tell you why you weren't, because you were made in the image of God. So you can't have been born that way because God's not homosexual. 
He said, no, his cognitive dissonance was his enemy. He couldn't receive what I was saying. And I said to him, do you like being like that? He said, I hate it. I said, I read the Bible. He said, I hate it. He said, I know that God doesn't approve of homosexuality. He said, but I, but I was born this way. I said, you've got to stop saying that. And so I said to him, I said, I'll tell you what. If you're prepared to repent of your homosexuality, I'm prepared to use the authority of Jesus' name and cast this spirit out. If nothing happens, you're right. If you get set free, I'm right. He said, okay, that sounds fair. And so he repented. Because he genuinely hated it. And it was, so it was from his heart. He repented of being involved in homosexuality. As soon as he finished repenting, which is like one sentence, I just said one sentence myself. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command that spirit of homosexuality to come out now. Set free. Instantly set free. All his feminine traits instantly left him. He was now a man. There's another brother. This one walked in the church dressed in a nice dress. And I just felt I really need to go and talk to him. See, the first one, I, I felt to wait on God. But the, the second one, God was just put on my heart. So I went and spoke to him, found out he was going to Thailand next week for major surgery. You know what that surgery was. And so I, I just went through the same thing with him. And he got set free exactly the same way. It was the truth that set him free. It wasn't some great person ministering to him. It was the truth that set him free, that you weren't born that way. God is not like that. God didn't make you that way. Circumstances have made you that way. And he was set free. The next morning, very early, I'm still sound asleep. Ring, 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 ring. Pick up the phone. You won't believe what happened. My brain's been rewired. I realised who I was listening to. I don't think I even spoke by then. He said... I just saw a woman down the street and she looked gorgeous. I've never, ever thought that. That, that person came into church the following week, dressed as a man, had cleaned their wardrobe out, set free. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of Jesus. Just chokes me up thinking about it. Demons are not afraid of you. They're afraid of who you represent. When you know your identity in Christ and the authority in his name, they tremble when you come in. I've actually seen it. I've actually walked into a, into a church once and I was asked to preach and this person got out of the seat and crouched down on the floor so I couldn't see them. I thought, hmm, know what's going on there. They literally tried to get out of the way because the demon in them could see the spirit of God in me and they felt threatened and rightfully so. Okay, some advice. When we pray for people, we often close our eyes. We listen to the Holy Spirit and we're praying for people, we close our eyes. Not in the deliverance ministry. You keep your eyes and your ears wide open, don't you, Glenn? You keep your eyes and your ears wide open. I'll tell you why. Because little old granny, overtaken by a demon, has got a pretty mean right hook. And if you're not watching, you could can, you can be on the receiving end of some physical actions. So you've always got to keep your eyes and ears open. And you see things and you hear things. And after a while, you learn after a while to recognise some of the things that are going on. But at the end of the day, it's all about the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you. Um, you may hear all sorts of noises and um, unnatural movements. That's just to put you off, to get you into fear. Because as soon as you're into fear, you're, you're of no use. You're powerless. 
because you're in the wrong kingdom. You know, I didn't have time this morning, but I had my life threatened, seriously threatened once. This person, after the event, told me they were going to separate my head from my body. Now, this person had the ability to do that. He could pick up the end of a car, demonic strength. And he came at me, and he was ranting and raving at me, and I said, you don't have authority. I didn't know what he was going to do. I said, you don't have authority. And he just stopped. And he just pushed me on the chest and pushed me back into a rose bush. And I had a couple of thorns to, to prove it. But what he tried to do, he couldn't do. And he said to me afterwards, he said, he said you've got some power. It's much greater than what I've got. How profound is that? He was going to kill me. He was literally going to kill me. But I had this amazing peace just washed over me like a blanket. And I just stood my ground. I said, you don't have authority. And he, could, he was powerless. That's what that scripture meant back here earlier when it said, and nothing shall harm you. It was in one of these scriptures. In Luke 10, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So don't be afraid to cast out spirits doing it the right way around because nothing can hurt you. They can't hurt you. You're, 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 you're safe. You're, you're protected. Unless you're foolish, of course. Like some people read about in a minute. Do not respond in the flesh. Do not say things like, get out in Jesus' name. Don't need to shout. You just speak calmly. If you're ranting and raving and shouting, you're in the flesh. You need to be in the spirit. And when you're in the spirit, it's all about him. It's his name. And you just say, you get out in the name of Jesus Christ. And you haven't got to say it 20 times. They're not deaf. I heard you the first time. Very important that we don't go into the flesh because once we go into the flesh, we're in trouble again. We lose our effectiveness. And the other thing is get agreement from the person, uh, like the brother who was staying with us. He agreed to repent. So any legal right that the demonic realm had was removed by his repentance. That's important. Okay. What time am I finishing, Russ? Now? <laughs> um, there's quite a few scriptures where Jesus cast out spirits out of people. And I've got one here in Luke 9, in verse 39. The spirit seized him and suddenly cried out. It convulses him, so he foams at the mouth. And it ends up bruising him. So the reason I'm telling you this is a manifesting spirit can hurt a person. Or can try to. They can throw them down on the ground. Um, they can actually pick up a car. They, uh, they can froth at the mouth. They can... Spirits don't have a, a voice, by the way. They use ours. So if you've got a demonic spirit in you, it will use your voice box and it will speak out. And I had a spirit once say to me, my name is Lucifer. And I said, no, it's not, you lying spirit. Get out in Jesus' name. <laughs> But, but they'll do that, and, and they speak with a demonic voice. It's all intimidation, trying to intimidate you. We don't need to be intimidated. We are the ones in authority. Um, yeah, I'm trying to make up for time here. It's a bit difficult. The one I want to read is about the seven sons of Sceva, Acts 19. There were certain vagabond Jews... Eh, Exorcists, they had a deliverance ministry apparently of some sorts, took it upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they tried to do deliverance, not because they had a relationship with Jesus, but because they knew Paul knew Jesus. And so we, we, we command you in the name of 
the, the one that Paul knows. You know what happened? You can see it up on the screen. One person, empowered by a demon, over, overtook seven men, beat them up, ripped their clothes off, and they were unsuccessful. Why? Because they weren't in a relationship with Christ. You cannot do deliverance unless you're in a relationship with Jesus. I see Mary smiling. I'm not quite sure why there. What's going on behind me? In Mark 1, Jesus um, suffered the devils not to speak. He told them to be quiet. We have, the, we have the power to do that. In Matthew 9, when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. So the demonic spirit was preventing this person from speaking. In, in Mark 16, verse 9, he cast out seven devils from, from Mary, Mary Magdalene. So you can have more than one spirit at one time. In Galatians 5, it lists some works of the flesh. Now, the, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderings, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. There's not much left after that. <laughs> of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, those that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That was the brother's problem. See, he knew his homosexuality was a barrier for getting into God's kingdom at the end of his life. And he was tormented by that. But Jesus set him free. 1 Samuel 5, rebellion is as a sin as witchcraft. It's no wonder that the young people are getting into witchcraft, and they are in our life, seriously into witchcraft. It's because they're allowed to be rebellious because we can't discipline them like we used to be able to. And children are rebelling, rebelling and they'll even say no to the teacher. So I heard today. And all these movies to do with witchcraft and games to do with witchcraft and kids doing curses and that, it's just, it's evil. And a demon can occupy a little toddler as much as it can occupy an adult. So these children are gonna need some deliverance ministry. They're gonna need you guys to exercise your authority in Jesus when you come across them, tell them the truth and set them free. That's what this is about. This is not about Christine and Lance. This is about telling you that you can actually do all of this yourselves because you have authority in Jesus' name. You don't need to pick up the phone and say, Lance, I need you, I need you. No, you don't. You just need Jesus' authority. And you just say, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? Isn't that right, Michelle? <laughs> you get landed in it and nobody answers the phone. You're on your own. It's just you and Jesus. It's a pretty good team. And it worked, didn't it? It did. Praise the Lord for that. I've, just, I've definitely missed something here. Or is it because Christine was here? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Someone stole a page, but that's okay. Seriously. All the, all the numbers here. Ah, oh, there it is. Let me tell you about the first deliverance. You hear the uh-oh? That's my beautiful wife. We were uh, invited to watch this movie on deliverance. It was quite spectacular. And um, nothing like reality. It was a bit of a saga. But that was the best they knew at the time. 
and it was about a person being set free from witchcraft. I love you, sweetie. And, <laughs> and the Spirit of God starts talking to me and said, your wife's got a spirit of witchcraft. I started to get a bit concerned. So when the video finished, I said, with all the confidence I had, I moved up the other end of the sofa, out of striking distance, literally, <laughs> turned around and I said, do you think this might apply to you? And my story is, she went the colour of a beetroot and got very angry. And I thought, hmm, there could be more in this than what I realised. And finally, she said, OK, OK, deal with it. That was all I needed. And then I said, what do I do, Lord? And the Lord says, cast it out in my name. I had to say it three times before I realised that was that simple. Cast it out in my name. So I just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command the spirit of witchcraft to leave Christine now. And his blood-curdling scream came out of my beautiful wife. So loud, I was worried the neighbours were going to come over thinking I was bashing her up. And she was set free. Christine had never, ever been a witch. But she had used a Ouija board. That's witchcraft. Seances, witchcraft. Horoscopes, witchcraft. The spirit of witchcraft is designed to try and get you deeper into witchcraft. And it'll come in with something as simple as a seance or as simple as a Ouija board, which seems like a, a, a bit of harmless fun. It's not harmless fun. It's far from harmless fun. Still love me? So <laughs> I'll, share, I'll share a testimony, another testimony of a toddler. Her lower spine, um, we were visiting the grandmother, and she was talking about the baby's lower spine was fused together, had never separated, it was locked solid, half a dozen vertebrae, whatever it was. And the doctors had told them that if it didn't come right soon, there was major surgery involved. And so they were quite concerned. And so we just said, well, let's, let's pray. Let's pray about this. And I'm talking to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit says it's the spirit of infirmity. And so we just prayed, cast out the spirit of infirmity, and then three days later, I think it was, um, we get a phone call to say that they'd been to the specialist and the spine was perfect. Now, the doctor was just happy that the, that, the, that the spine had separated, but we knew that Jesus had intervened in that little girl's life and set her free. I mean, I can't imagine the complications of a, of a spine that just won't bend at the, the bottom of your back. I, I can't even imagine how difficult it must have been. How am I going, Russ? Time for one more story before ministry? Okay, this is a good story. This will take half an hour to tell this story. <laughs> Didn't ask. We, we got invited uh, to... I love testimonies, because it's real. We got invited to minister to, um, to a lady in another state. And uh, none of you know her. Well, I don't think. And we went round to her house, which I always like to do. If it's, if it's convenient. And so our friends took us around there. So there was Christine and myself and another brother. And we went around to this lady's house. In every room of the house, she had concrete statues of dragons and demons and gargoyles. I mean, even into the toilet. Pictures on the wall. Her dog was called Jezebel. She was a Christian. She was a Christian. And so we struggled for nearly two hours to get permission off her to set her free. said, so the first thing that's got to happen, whoosh, it's all got to go outside and be smashed. They're my friends. 
You can't do that. She talks to them. Every single one of them was a demonic. And she had this relationship with them, which I just didn't understand. And finally, I just confronted her and said, look, you've got to choose this day. You're going to be in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of the devil because that stuff is in the kingdom of the devil. And I just confronted her with that. And that sort of was enough to jolt her. I said, okay. So we just started carting this stuff out. And some of them were like 20 and 30 kilos each. Just solid concrete. It was unbelievable. We smashed them up outside, went back inside. She repented and she got set free in Jesus' name. It was the truth that set her free. You can't, you can't get free from a demonic assignment if your life is in demonic alignment. You can't get free from a demonic assignment if your life is in demonic alignment. You've got to change what you're doing. You've got to change your behavior. You've got to repent. And that means literally to change. Change what you're doing, not just say sorry. So I share that testimony with you because you never know where you're going to end up with. You never know. We had no warning in advance this was going to happen. We were just invited to go and minister to this lady. That's where you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always tell you what to do if you're listening. Always. He's never failed us yet. So what I'd like to do now, we'll get the, uh, we'll get the things happening. I love this worship team, by the way. They're amazing. I'm going to lead you through a prayer of repentance and renunciation. And it's about any words that you've spoken or decisions that you've made in your life that has allowed the demonic realm access into your life. So we're going to repent and renounce that. And we're going to reject and renounce any spiritual access. And we're going to declare Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And we won't serve any other gods. And then you are going to use the name of Jesus Christ to cast out any demon that has been assigned against you. And people will be set free. Now you might think, oh, it doesn't apply to me. Christine didn't know she had a spirit of witchcraft. So you don't know it doesn't apply to you. So don't let pride get in the way and think, I don't need to do this. It's just a prayer. If something leaves you, fantastic. If nothing leaves you, fantastic. You've lost nothing. So I encourage you. This is out loud. So I'm going to lead you. And I want you to repeat these words if you, if you uh, like the invitation. If you don't know Jesus, um, this doesn't yet apply to you. But hopefully before the day's out, it will. So here we go. In the name of Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God, I repent of any decisions I've made or words that I've spoken at any time in my life that have been in alignment with Satan's plans. I totally reject and renounce any spiritual access that I may have unknowingly given the demonic realm. I declare once again that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour and I will serve no other gods. Having said that, I now declare in the name of Jesus Christ that every demon that has been assigned against me due to my decisions or words is to leave me now.
Amen. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. So people in this room have, have been set free from some things they weren't even aware of. That's the beauty of God. We don't need to point the finger at somebody and say, oh, you've got this problem, or you've got that problem, or you've got that problem, and embarrass anybody. We can just pray from a heart of compassion and understanding and see people set free. So allow the Holy Spirit to work here. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's the truth that sets you free. And the truth is, in the name of Jesus, all of you who are believers in Jesus can cast out demons. Next week, we're going to go on to part two of this. And I won't tell you what the subjects are, but it's to tell you that it's the effect of others on you. Thank you, Ross. You know, sometimes we're looking for big demonstrations because that's what we've been taught. There has to be some sort of manifestation of demons or something. But we were praying, and, and Lance was praying beforehand, that devils would not have any place to manifest because that's all they're doing is trying to draw attention. So sometimes you know something's happened. But sometimes you see the result later on. You've seen things that have been ongoing problems are lifted, and you don't realize right away. You see sins that you've struggled with no longer have hold on you. Uh, sometimes you don't see it right away. That's not saying it doesn't happen, but it's saying that we're being careful not to give the devil any kind of glory. And sometimes the manifestation is just the devil looking for attention. It's kind of like... Uh, the uh, politician I heard who once said that any publicity is good publicity. Sometimes demons think any attention is good attention. But if you don't know Jesus, see Lance, what we need to realize is that there is a spiritual world. There is darkness and there is light. And the truth is that if you're not following Jesus, you are in the kingdom of darkness. You might trying to be a good person, but, but you're still in the kingdom of darkness. It's Jesus dying for us that transfers us from darkness to light. Nothing else. We can't change ourselves. We can't make ourselves better. Uh, if, I, if I could only get victory over this, or if I only was this type of person, I'd be okay. It doesn't work that way. You actually have to meet Jesus. So when we're dismissed, we're gonna give you an opportunity. If you'd like to meet Jesus, there'd be some people love to pray with you. If you need someone to pray with you specifically, there's some people in the front who would love to pray with you. Can I ask you to stand as we're just about finished? The whole purpose of this is the equipping of the saints. It's wonderful to see the Spirit move and set people free. But that's not only what we're aiming at when we get together. We're actually aiming at being equipped and empowered by the Spirit so that when we impact, when we come in contact with people, we are light rather than darkness. We're examples of light and we can be used by the Holy Spirit to see people get set free. That's an incredible privilege that every one of us has. So Lord, we just thank you for what you've done this morning, what you're doing. 
We thank you that freedom comes from you. But Lord, we also thank you that you empower us by your spirit, that we get to be a part of you actually changing people's lives in the world. As we said earlier, we surrender to you. To your lordship in our lives. Empower us now. Pour your grace upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Again, if you'd like someone to pray with you, there'd be some folks who'd love to. If you'd like to meet Jesus, we'd love to introduce you to him. Otherwise, see what God does in this week and see what opportunities he prov provides you to minister his life. Amen.